What's up, golf addicts? This is the Masters 2020 betting podcast with Charles Howell III making his 12th Masters appearance. Augusta native, good friend of ours. We talked to Charles for the first 20, 25 minutes of this episode. Also, if you've listened to the DFS episode, it's the exact same interview from there, so you only have to listen once. You can fast forward. As soon as Charles is done here, me and Pat are going to hop in. We're going to talk about betting on the Masters. Our first thoughts, we're recording this on Saturday afternoon prior to the Masters, so really we just have outrights that we're looking at, talking about some names, talking about some strategies and theories on betting the Masters. It's a great show. We take a couple listener voicemails as well. Have some fun with those. And then we've got a huge Masters contest that you need to get involved in that involves some Masters 2020 merch and a brand new tailor-made putter. You're going to love that. So get in on this. It's going to be good. Great show. Thank you for your support. And now here's Charles Howell III. But we're excited to have our friend, multiple-time guest on the Tour Junkies podcast and fellow Augusta native, Mr. Charles Howell III. Charles, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, man. How you doing? Well, I'm all good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you, you brought up a, a November Masters. I, I think all of us growing up in Augusta, we've seen a lot of things. I never, ever, ever thought I would see this. So uh, 2020 is uh, once again uh, showing itself. What do you think this is going to look like? Um, or what have you heard? What have you seen? What do you anticipate how it will look any different than it would in April? Well, I think first off, I mean, we've we restarted golf uh, the end of June, and it's been awkward without fans. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a couple of uh, sporadic, like I've played a couple of pro-ams. Um, you know, uh, we've had a couple of events with a certain amount of fans. I think going to the Masters with no fans is going to be the first time it really hits guys. Uh, my goodness, this is awkward. Um, you know, so much of Augusta National, I, I really can't think of a – famous or iconic picture there without a sea of gallery and people in the background, whether they frame a fairway or if they're cheering or if they're behind the 16th green. I, I, I think this is going to be the first event where it almost bothers players, where um, hmm. you're going to walk out there and just think, holy cow, you know, what, what makes Augusta, Augusta, a large part of it is the fans not just the roars, but their presence and their excitement and everything. And when you walk, you know, through that clubhouse onto the other side where the golf course is and to see nothing, um, I think it's going to be the first time it really catches players. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is, uh, this is different. What about, what about course conditions and how it's going to play? Um, I mean, you know, as well as we do, Augusta weather can definitely change on a dime. Yep. In, in November, you can have really cool mornings and very pleasant afternoons like we're having right now um, yep. here in Augusta. And we are just a few days away from, from Masters Week here. How do you think it's going to set up differently or play or conditions? And what have you heard? I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, obviously, it's growing up there. You know, it can be it can be cold in November. And um, I, I think the fairways will be softer. Um, you know, anytime you know, you've, you've put overseed down fairly recently, um, I've heard all the Bermuda hasn't gone dormant. So there's, you know, there's some tight lies in certain areas could make some wedge shots into 13 or, and especially 15 off that down slope, a little bit dicey, um, you know, chipping, not that guys bump a lot of balls around those greens anymore, but, but that shot could be taken away from you. Uh, if it's kind of soft and spongy, uh, you know, with the overseed recently going down and having to water that, um, 
I think the greens will be fine, uh, you know, with the sub air machines and all that. I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to get those firm and fast. And, but I think the huge difference you'll see is, is the fairways. I don't think you'll see the, the, the big bounces of the balls off the tees. And so I think it'll play longer. Um, anytime a golf course plays longer, especially to these greens, it, it's going to play more difficult. Um, you know, the prospect of, you know, lacing a five iron into that fifth green isn't, doesn't sound too much fun, um, but, uh, um, but I, so I think you're going to see a little harder golf course. I, I, I really do than, than April. All right. So, uh, let's talk about Bryson. I mean, Bryson's <laughs> the odds on favorite. He is the, one of the most polarizing people in golf right now, uh, changing the game, you might say. So what are your thoughts on Bryson? You know, what he's doing right now? what he plans to do at the Masters, and um, just in general, what you what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I think the first thing to remember is when Bryson was an amateur and he, let's say, was like a lot skinnier than he is now or smaller, whatever you want to call it, his ball speed was still 178. And when he wanted to, he could hit it and get it to low 180s. So we started off with a guy that already had speed. Um, now, what he's done, as much as the working out and the getting bigger and bulkier and gaining all the weight thing, he's also changed his golf swing. So um, I think a lot of factors went in. It wasn't just the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you will. You know, there was a change in his golf swing. There was change in equipment. There was a lot of other things. Um, I think what he's doing is great. Uh, he's challenging a lot of norms, right? He's challenging a lot of the norms that we grew up playing golf with. And... You know, we, uh, I was paired with him, uh, or sorry, I was paired in front of him in Las Vegas a few weeks ago at TBC Summerlin, where he hit a couple of drives was unbelievable. And this is, I've played that tournament every year starting in 2000. The, where he drove the ball, I've seen people chip out to, but I've never seen drives go <laughs> near there. And so, yeah, he is changing the game. And it'll be interesting to see what he does at Augusta. I mean, there's, um, you still have to drive it straight at Augusta. I, I know people say that the fairways are wide and forgiving, and they're not as wide as people want you to think they are. Um, you know, you still got to drive the ball well there. And, I mean, just like everybody else in the golf world, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does there as well. Um, if he drives it straight in that far, it's a massive advantage, obviously. But uh, you still got to do it. So that's even in Augusta. That's what I was going to ask, though, is because he's a favorite, and it, what would be the one thing that would, you know, cause him to disappoint at the Masters? And so you think it would be if, if he just can't hit it accurate off the tee? Correct. I mean, you look at – I mean, like number 11, for example, is, a, is obviously a really difficult hole there. Um, number five with the new tee box that's gone way back last year. Like, if he's going to hit driver off those tees, it's still narrow where he's driving that ball into. So – um, you know, the seventh hole is another hole. That, that's not a wide fairway down there. Um, so he will – he's still got to drive it straight. Now, if he drives it straight by, and hits it 400, massive advantage and, and, you know, hats off to him. But So it, it will be interesting to see how all that works out. Let's talk, about, let's talk about guys playing next week. Let's start with you. Talk about state of your game, what you're preparing for, um, and kind of how you feel going into – how many Masters is this now for you? I think this is 12, I think. 12. 
Um, okay, so my game's been good. I've been I've been home a lot, practicing and working on it. Um, for me to play well there, I need to play the par fives good. Um, you know, I, I am long enough to reach them all. Uh, maybe not with the clubs Bryson is, but, you know, I can still reach all the par fives. That is massive around Augusta. Um, and then play the par threes and even par. Um, you know, those two things there, um, if I can do that, 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 will be, that will be a good week. Um, those are the two big factors there. I've done a lot of putting practice, a lot of really big sloping, you know, four to eight foot putts. Um, a lot of things like that, you know, where it's very typical Masters Augusta type stuff. Um, I think come Sunday, the winner of the tournament will be the guy uh, that did that. He played the par fives really well. Um, you know, if, if the weather holds in there and stays warm, you can still you can still see a low score uh, winner. Um, but like you said, if it changes and gets cold, it could be you know similar to the year Zach Johnson won. You know, it can be uh, you know you start getting that 18th hole playing in off the left and all that stuff. I mean, it, as you know from being in Augusta, November, December, it can play long really fast, and um, it sounds like it plays into Bryson's hands quite a bit, Rory, uh, Dustin Johnson, you know, these guys. But, um, but yeah, for a player like me to play well there, it's, it's the par fives and the par threes even par. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to take out Rory and, and uh, Bryson. Yep. So I'm not going to let you get those two. So give me a okay. few other guys that you think Mike could uh, kind of come under the radar and play well. Um, uh, Xander Shoffley. Um, you know, Xander, I, I, I'd say him. Uh, he'd be a guy I'd watch out for. Um, Webb Simpson, you know, he's a guy that, uh, he's a great scorer. His short game is awesome. Um, bit of a, you know, he's a grinder. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy, uh, that'd be another one. And then, uh, let me think of an off the wall-ish type pick. I'm Man. surprised you said um, Webb, just, just because, and I know Webb's gained, I know Webb's gained some distance. Yes. Um, but, you know, with the courses soft, uh, as you're talking about, I'm, that one, that one surprises me a little bit. Well, and, and the, but the reason I say it is because his short game is phenomenal. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that he'll kind of surprise you. Like, he's a guy that'll come out. And, I mean, when you look at the golf he's played lately, it's phenomenal. I mean, the, the run he's been on yeah. um, is really good. Um, <clears throat> that's why I had him in there. And, you know what, like for a flyer pick, I, I'm still waiting on Jordan Spieth to, to, to reel reemerge i think he's he's a guy he works hard he's a grinder um he's obviously had massive success around augusta and uh he's too good not to uh, not to show back up well i'm looking ahead right now the farthest i can see um it looks like w tuesday wednesday thursday are all going to be um currently in augusta looking a little rainy so a little more yep. a little more even softer than what we're talking yep. about but the temps on Thursday right now, low of 70, high of 80. So it looks like it yeah. might be a warmer week um, yeah. in November. Yes. So do you so, think if that happens, what, what happens there? I think the warmer it gets, the more people get in the mix, basically. Um, if it's cold and nasty and, and playing really long, it's going to clearly favor the long hitter. Um, but I, I think the warmer and warmer it gets and stays in there, I just think the more people get in the mix. I mean, you look at that first tee, for example. I mean, I mean, if you're hitting five iron into that green, I mean, if, whew, I mean that green's uncomfortable with a wedge in your hand. Um, yeah. I mean, you start look at that fourth hole, the par for there at two fifty five. 
at 48 degrees in the morning, you know? So there's, it, it I get, yeah, if it stays warm as you're staying there, it just, it gets more people in the mix. What I want to ask you about first timers. So, yeah. and the first thing I'm going to do is ask you this, do you think, uh, and I would, I would think so, but without patrons, um, now, now there's definitely, we, we've talked about this. You've talked about this, the, the patrons kind of shape the holes a little bit, which is nice. Yep. And other players on tour have talked about that in other tournaments, how sometimes it helps them shape the, the, the golf hole a little bit more, more pleasing to the eye, but also at Augusta, you, you know, they, they've not played it with patrons, right? So they're not going to know any different. And, um, maybe that makes it easier with, with less going on. What, what do you think the, 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 having no patrons is going to do for a first timer. Hope you're enjoying the interview with Charles Howell III so far. We're going to get right back to it. But before we do that, I got to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. It's the new props contest kind of fantasy thing that we're doing right now. It's making a ton of waves in the golf betting space. And they do golf, they do NFL, NBA, all of the above. But the golf props are awesome over on Monkey Knife Fight. You can play it in any – it's basically legal everywhere. So you don't have to worry about – or am I in a legal sports betting state, whatever. But go to monkeyknifefight.com, sign up. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to 50 bucks. So they'll match up to your first 50 bucks, free money. The game over there is very simple. We've been making a killing on it. And, uh, yeah, go sign up, monkeyknifefight.com. Promo code TOURJUNKIES gets you a deposit bonus. Come over there and play with us. We're having a good time, making a bunch of money over there, too. Uh, let's do it. Let's get back to Charles Howell. Well, it, it's sad for the first timer that because they won't get the whole Masters experience, right? Like yeah. that. That was one thing. Is nerve wracking as it was and is. It's still what makes it special. Um, now, as far as competing in the tournament, yes, it will make it easier. Uh, no question about it. Um, there still is the. Augusta national factor where even with nobody out there, you're still not comfortable. I mean, <laughs> every hole out there, you can make a birdie or a double like that. And it's, and it's real. Um, but I would say for the first timers, this is their best opportunity to play their best golf because it will be much more of a toned down masters Augusta national, if you will. All right. So let me give you some names. Now yeah. you can't, I'm not going to let you get away with Matt Wolf. Your, your fellow okay. Oklahoma state boy. Yep. who's just unbelievably good. Yep. Um, so he's one. And, and I'm okay. going to skip some of the, the amateurs and some of these guys. Yeah. You have Eric Van Ruyen. Okay. You have Nick Taylor. You have Scotty yep. Scheffler, uh, yep. Andrew Putnam, JT Poston, Victor Perez out of the European Tour, uh, yep. CT Pan, Sebastian Munoz, Colin Morikawa, um, Nate Lashley, Jason Kokrak, Sung Kang, Sung JM, Max yep. Homa, Lonto Griffin, Tyler Duncan, yep. Cam Champ. Give me some of the. Give me a few of those names that that you think. That's a first timer that you know could make some noise. Probably not win, but could make some noise. Yeah. Okay. So um, the easy one out of there is Colin Morikawa, right? But but that's 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 the boring answer because he he's really good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he's a guy with a ball speed of one seventy that's playing great golf, right? So there's your other. Um, I'd say, you know, JT Poston has played quietly really good. Um, and he's he's become a heck of a player, very stable, you know, nothing flashy. Uh, my favorite out of those guys you named, probably Scotty Scheffler. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to like about him, about his game, the way he plays. 
Um, he's played well, like in a big stages before. I would say him on that that list. Yeah, um, Scotty's amazing. What? What do you give me a winning score prediction? Oh, knew you were gonna go there. Um, <laughs> I say twelve under. Um, I I I I'd say twelve, and I, I'd say based on the weather you just told me being a bit warm like that, yeah, I would say 12 under. Yeah, 12 come Sunday will be a good number. They're still Augusta National. I mean, it, let's just say, for example, scores were to get low, we get perfect weather and it gets soft for whatever reason, the sub-air machines can come back on, the whole locations can start finding some funny areas. And yeah, all yeah, I'd say 12. Can't they turn on the sub-air? I mean, because they have sub-air through the whole golf course, don't they? To, to, to my knowledge, they do, yes. It's, but they're, having, they're gonna have to water the fairway so much to get that overseed to come out. Like, that'll be more of a challenge. The greens, yeah, I'm, like I said, that's still the one caveat. They can still make those greens firm, and they will. Uh, I just thought, this just popped in my head because DB's been talking about all the young guys. So I gotta ask about the older guys in the field. Yeah. You know, the the the, the Mees, on, you know, the Charles yes. Howells, you know, the over, maybe not over 40, maybe over, <laughs> over 35. Howells. Yes, exactly. out. you're older than he is. I yeah. am. I'm, yeah, I'm your senior, Charles. I know, uh, but I know. <laughs> so, who are some older guys that compete? I mean, you got guys like Kucher in the field. You know, Westwood is a guy we've talked about. He's been playing good on the yeah. European tour. Anybody else that kind of comes to mind that you you think might could play well? Well, you just mentioned it. Lee Lee Westwood's a guy. Um, I had a conversation with him earlier this year in Mexico. I just you know, about with the age he's at, you know, how he's able to do it. And we, he talked a bit, I know he's done a couple of interviews on this about like his attitude is, you know what, I'm here at this age, I'm at the end of ish of my career. I'm just going to enjoy it. And I don't care anymore. And if I had a bad shot, I don't really care anymore. And, you know, that attitude, especially in golf is quite, you know, freeing, if you will, and whatnot. And he is one heck of a player. I mean, you start looking at his resume and what he's done over the years, what he did in Europe, um, he'd be a guy that I would say for sure, watch him. Um, especially if it were to get any bit kind of windy or, you know, the weather gets a little bit wintry, if you will, an Augusta type guy, he's, he definitely has the stones to, to, to be up there on Sunday. Like it. Well, you got, you, you know, you've been around here a lot. Like talk about some of your buddies that are playing in this thing. Like you got, you got friends here. I mean, obviously I know you're close with all the Oklahoma state guys, but yeah. Um, Talk about some of your boys in this in this in this field and and kind of who you think you like. You know, when you when you look at it, I think the the Masters in November it, it it's just so odd and different for everybody. Where from a range of like Max Homa has been a guy that that I've we've had conversations about Augusta for right, and and he's obviously super excited to be here, et cetera, and. A player like that, even though it's their, let's say, first time, being in November, no patrons, et cetera, like a guy like that could play really well and have a big week. Um, I've been paired with Max quite a bit this fall. Uh, he drives the ball awesome. I mean, he's, his game is really, really good at the moment. Um, I'm a huge Rory McIlroy fan. I just like the way he does almost everything. Um, I still think he's due for a green jacket in his closet. Um, so I, I think he'll, I think he'll be up there. Um, he's definitely a guy, you know, I think then, uh, I don't know why this guy always goes under the radar, but like a John Rahm, 
you know, for a guy that's was, I mean, look at his world ranking and his, he always seems to come in under the radar. I think he's a guy that'll be there. Um, I, I just think that the whole concept of a November masters with no fans, I, I think it's just going to be a bizarre for everybody. Um, it's going to show yeah. quite a bit different on TV. Um, I mean, heck, we got college game day here on Saturday. I mean, it, it, the things that you just saw, you never said before. Like, that's yeah. I, the whole thing for everybody is just going to be interesting to watch. So one of your good friends on, on tour for the, for your entire career has been Tiger. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we've had you on here before telling some fun stories about Tiger at the President's Cup, and I'll never forget your shark diving story with Tiger. Yes. Um, talk about what you've seen from him uh, lately. He's not, he's not been playing his best, um, but defending champ yep. uh, of the 2020 Masters right now. Um, and kind of talk about what you've seen, what you've talked to him about or heard from him. I actually heard he was here in Augusta a couple of days ago playing, um, and then kind of his outlook for, for this year. Well, if there's one thing we've all learned, he's never a guy to bet against. So, yeah. um, he, so he, he definitely he's a bit like Nick Saban. Just, just don't, don't bet against the guy. And, um, you know, coming in, I mean, listen, I, I know that, that from he's changed his workouts, his, his body's better. Um, you know, watching him at Sherwood, I know Akoya didn't play his best golf, but he still like he was moving better. Um, and you know his experience around Augusta, and like nobody has hit more critical and important and big shots than that guy around there. So he's really seen it all uh, around there. So I don't. I, he's he's always the guy. Come Augusta is is gonna be there. Um, I still go back to one of the most incredible golf performances ever was when he came off his you know, extended break and layover and finish fourth there um, is unbelievable. I, I just, I, I still, so, so that clearly shows you that, that he loves Augusta and he loves the golf course and has clearly played well there. I, he's never got a bet against, no, no chance. Yeah. Can't, can't count Tiger out for sure. He showed us that no. time and time again. Yes, um, exactly. Well, we appreciate it, man. This was fun. It was good to talk Augusta with you, man. I, I wish we could, you know, I wish we could come out there and see you guys play um, this coming week. And uh, but we wish you all the best. And, and of course, we'll be all tuned in every single minute. Um, and hey, listen, would love to hear some reports from you. Like if you're Perfect. out there, you know, report back and be like, let me tell you how weird this was. You know, I wasn't right. expecting this. I'm sure there's probably going to be it. some things, too, that you're going to be like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay, well, we'll do it for sure. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you having me on. We'll stay in touch a bunch next week and uh, uh, get back on and do this. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll send some pictures your way too. I'm sure it'll be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Well, you Charles guys have III. a good day. We'll see you next week. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. All right, all right, all right. What's going on? Welcome to the Tour Junkies Masters 2020 betting podcast. We just finished listening to our, our good friend, fellow Augusta native, Charles Howell III, playing in, I think, his 12th Masters this coming week. David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry with me. We're, uh, this, is our, this is our, like, what, sixth Masters that we've, we've done. We've been doing Tour Junkies for that long, wow. um, I believe. The first one started with you uh, making fun of Stephen Bowditch and then him finding out about it and then us getting him on the show for you to – for you to have a heartfelt apology. That was a legendary Tour Junkies moment. 
I mean, think if we had never done the Masters preview preview show. Yeah, that's true. You know, that was a we did it like preview. a few weeks in advance, and then he caught word, and then we got to have him on the actual show, which was yeah. awesome. And Man, turned out to fun. be a good good friend of the tour jumps. We've come a long way. Come a long way. Hope you guys are feeling good. We're recording this on a Saturday on Saturday afternoon before the Masters. We wanted to get this content out early. Here's the deal. Um, we're going to go through the the betting odds right now and, and kind of go through some names that, that are catching our eye that we think you need to you might want to look at um but here's the deal you know things are going to change things are going to change as it stands right now we're going to talk through who we like who we don't like um but you're going to want to listen to uh the, the dfs podcast if you haven't already we kind of get deep into the field there if, if you do listen to the dfs podcast you need to know that the first 20 so minutes of that is the same charles howell interview that you just heard here on this podcast so you can skip through that go straight to the picks uh we're gonna have a ton of content coming out on tourjunkies.com earlier than normal you should have 20 key stats that you need to know from our boy ben little we'll hit the we'll hit the website by sunday night or monday my betting card will probably start taking shape on monday afternoon Pat's Fantasy Golf Sommelier, which I hear is going to be extra special this week. Um, I'm excited about that. That's probably going to be, what, Monday or Tuesday, you think? I'm hoping to get it done Monday. That's Monday. The goal. Okay. That's the goal. I'm going to have the Pivot Point article up for DFS by probably Tuesday night or Wednesday. We're going to do some live stuff on Wednesday on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Just be on the lookout. Follow us on all those channels if you're not already. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already. Instagram and Tour Junkies are at Tour underscore Junkies on Instagram and Twitter. Check those out. We're going to do some live, maybe listener Q&A real quick. The big deal is going to be Wednesday night, the Tour Junkies members-only Nut Hut chat room on Discord is going to be popping on Wednesday night. We're going to have at least a couple of hours with me, Pat, and Ben talking it up in the Nut Hut. Over $3 million has been won by Nut Hut members since the restart. That place is popping. You need to go to tourjunkies.com. Check that out and join if you haven't already. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. Um, yeah, so ton of stuff going on. It's going to be a great week. Let's get into this. Pat, based on what we heard from Charles Howell, based on what we already know of Augusta National, talk to me about your approach to picking guys, betting guys, how the course is going to set up to play, you think, what we're, what the, the meat that we're taking from the Charles Howell interview? Well, I think right off the bat, you, you know, the biggest thing that people want to talk about is how is this course going to play different than it usually does in April? Because as we know, the Masters yeah. is always in April, first full week in April, and we're getting it in November. Um, the weather, though, looks interesting. It doesn't look like it's going to be all that cold. Um, we are going to get a little bit of rain early in the week, but other than that, you're talking 70s and 80s, which is what you might see in April. Um, you know, so I think the, the weather is shaping about out to be pretty good for this tournament. Um, but Charles mentioned, you know, that the course will play a little bit softer uh, than it typically does. You're not going to get a whole lot of bounce in these fairways like we might get in April um, with some of the rain that we're going to get early in the week, but also just the way it is. I mean, he talked about the Bermuda still be having a little bit of a prevailing factor underneath that rye because what they do is they take that Bermuda grass, they overseed it with rye in the fall. Well, by the time you get to the spring in April, it is, I mean, the rise is fully taken over and it is established. Whereas right now it's not as established as you might see um, in April. So I think that's something that we're going to be you know, interested to see. But it all goes back to the fact that this course is still going to be 
an approach course. I mean, you've got to approach these greens. You've got to be good with your ball striking. Um, you got to hit these greens in the right spot. You got to know, you got to have some experience here. We talked about, we're going to talk about some first time winners, which I do think there's a, there's an opportunity for some first time winners this year, but experience is key around these greens on these greens, approaching these greens. That is, that is where the meat of this course is. And that's what I'm going to be looking at the most is who are the guys that are, you know, hitting it, you know, hitting their irons great right now. Who's putting well, who's good at scrambling. Um, I think all of those things are going to be important because the course is itself, look, the, the greens are going to be just as fast as they always are. They're going to be just as pure as they always are. That's not going to change at all. You know, regardless if we're playing this in November or April, uh, they're still going to get them lightning quick and they're going to have a ton of slope in them. So, you know, I'm still going to be looking at the type player that I would look at typically in April is what, is what I'm kind of zeroing in on this week um, for yeah. November Masters. I agree. I mean, November in Augusta can look a lot like April in Augusta. It could be really cold one day and warm the next. It could happen. And listen, this weather can change on a dime. You and I grew up here. We both live here our whole lives, basically. You know, it, it can change on a dime. So keep paying attention to it as it looks right now. It does look to be a little wet next week. Um, yes, they have sub air all over the place, but they can only take out so much moisture in the fairways because of that overseed you mentioned. So it is going to play longer. I'm going to favor long hitters um, with the exception of a few guys. I'm going to favor long hitters, but let's uh, let's you know, key stats for me. Strokes gain off the tee distance, um, strokes gain approach, strokes gain around the green, putting on bent grass surfaces. Uh, all that will get a little bit of weight, obviously recent form. And we know course history is huge at Augusta. It is the number one course, according to data golf, according to a lot of other places and people and just your eyeballs that course history matters here at Augusta. Um, there's just things that you learn every single year. Even Tiger mentioned that last year, that every year he learns something new and files it away. And that's very, very real. So while Charles mentioned, and while we just mentioned that first timers do have a, a better chance this year at winning than they probably ever have or will without patrons, because that does take away an element of uh, kind of, you know, intimidation factor or anxiety or whatever that may be uh it, it's it's not in their favor that they're going to win but we're going to talk about a couple first timers uh all the stats all the data that we pull out for for this podcast is coming to you from fantasynational.com it is the place we've been for the last three or four years to get all of our pga tour stats data uh, ownership stuff leverage stuff for dfs now new thing they just signed a deal with CDW and ShotLink that provides and takes all the data for the PGA Tour. So now all the data at Fantasy National is completely certified by CDW for both the PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour. So there's a lot of places out there you can look at stats, but they're not all they're not all getting data from the source, and you could be misled. At Fantasy National, that is not the case. We've been working with them for so long. If you go to fantasynational.com/tj. Or when you sign up and they ask how you heard about us, type in Tour Junkies, you get 20% off of any membership that you select. You can select weekly, monthly, or annually. And if you change your membership from weekly to monthly or monthly to yearly or whatever, you still get to keep the 20% off. So give it a shot for the Masters. I guarantee you're going to love it. If you're handicapping golf at any capacity, Fantasy National is a must. So when you hear us talk about stats over the last 24 rounds or 50 rounds or whatever, um, course history, recent form, all that we're pulling straight off of fantasynational.com slash TJ. Check it out. Um, let's talk about 
you know, I, I think a couple of things I want to I want to lay out there for the people for the betting show. I want to first look at trends. I think there's some interesting trends when you're looking at betting and finding winners because you know it's Saturday afternoon. There's not a lot out there on the betting market other than outrights at the moment. Obviously, only betting outrights is not a great betting strategy for you to, to for you to win money over the long term. You're probably going to lose. That's a tough bet to to nail. Um, although we love betting outrights, that's kind of our favorite, but we do this recreationally. We do it for fun. Um, so we don't mind losing money. You should too. Um, but you know, you're going to have to pay attention to the tour junkies, social channels, website come Tuesday, Wednesday for matchups, top twenties, top tens, um, that kind of thing. There's going to be a ton of matchups. I'm sure in the chalk bomb email that you can subscribe to on tourjunkies.com. But for today, we're talking outrights, and we are going to look at maybe nationality names, um, first-timer names. If you get websites where you can bet on those guys, bet on those winners to come out of, you know, Canada, top top Canadian, um, top Australian, you know, you can have that. And, you know, there's also a lot of people who are playing like pools, Masters pools, Calcuttas, or something where you pick a, you know, player out of A column, B column, C column kind of thing. So we'll try to get you into all that and not just mention the outrights, but just some trends, Pat. Over the last 10 years, nine of the last 10 winners were under the age of 40. 10 of the last 10 winners ranked inside the world golf ranking top 30. Um, seven of the last 10 have played in at least three masters. Pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, seven of the last 10 have posted a top 20 at the masters. 10 of the last 10 have posted a top 10 earlier in that season. So, um, and, and actually out of the last 10 years, the world number one has not won the masters. So Dustin Johnson, not, not, uh, I think as it stands right now is number world number one, right? So the, the trend would point to no go on DJ there. I thought it would also be good to look at just to throw some names out there, your top 10 strokes gain total at Augusta, over the last five years. Okay, this is course history, right? So who's gained the most strokes over the last five years? Number one, Jordan Spieth. 57 strokes gained over the last five years. Obviously, that's a win, a runner-up, a third-place finish. Um, that doesn't surprise wow. me at all. Yeah, that doesn't no surprise. surprise me. Rory is next, followed by Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson. Now, Dustin Johnson's gained 41 strokes over the last five years in only four tournaments because, remember, he fell down the stairs. Fell down the stairs. Um, so obviously he's got an incredible history here. My boy, Hideki Matsuyama, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Paul Casey, John Rum in only three years, and Brooks Kepka, also in only four years uh, after his, uh, I think it was his wrist injury or something that he had. Yeah. So those are your top ten. Now, I also want to provide your bottom ten in strokes gained total over the last five years with at least some, and I want these to be like somewhat relevant names or guys with a little bit of, you know, have played more than once. Actually, the worst one, minus 15 strokes gained in three Masters, Terrell Hatton. Pretty, pretty terrible. Gary Woodland, who's hurt right now, back injury. Don't know if Gary's going to play or not, uh, but he's played in four Masters, and he's lost nearly 10 shots. Shane Lowry has played in four Masters, lost nearly nine shots. Shez Reevy, Graham McDowell, pretty terrible. Billy Horschel's played in four of the last five and lost nearly eight shots. Um, let's see, who else here? Uh, 
Byung Hun Ants played in two Masters, lost uh, about a stroke. Zach Johnson in his last five, not not doing very well, and Kevin Na. So those are kind of your your worst form over the last five years. Relevant names in the field, and finally, I want to go with the ten hottest players on the PGA Tour right now. If you look since the restart, who's gained the most strokes total since the restart? And it goes like this. Xander Shoffley, number one. Dustin Johnson, two. Justin Thomas, three. Bryson, four. Rom, five. Simpson, six. Finau, seven. Jason Kokrak, eight. Patrick Reed, nine. And Patrick Cantlay, number 10. Those are the guys coming in with, you know, the most strokes gained in the last, uh, since the restart. A lot of, a lot of good form coming out of those players. So, um, just some thoughts, just some things to kind of lay the foundation. You know what I mean, Pat? Just some names to kind of kick around. If may, maybe maybe you're listening and you're thinking, I think I might want a little a little snack, a little Terrell Hatton snack on my betting cart. It's not been good. I mean, you threw out. I I, I wish I'd had that stat when I was just talking about him on the TFS show as one of my faves. But anyway, yeah, not good. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we get into the bets and the outrights, I do want to remind everybody that we've got something going on over at Thrive Fantasy right now. It, now, Thrive Fantasy is a little bit like – that's why I wanted to talk about it on the betting show. It's a little bit like props betting because they give you ten player props, and you choose five that you want. So you pick the five that you like the most, and you, you lock those in, and you eliminate all the, all the other stuff. It's, all the noise is gone. You just – ten props. Which five do you like? It's very nice. And each prop is assigned a points value, like a fantasy points value for the over or the under. And you get to pick which one you want. And if you hit the most props, rack up the most points out of the contest, like maybe you're playing a contest with 50 other people, you know, you, you win that share of the prize pool. They have new contests for every round of the event. So you don't have to sweat the golfers if, you, if they miss a cut and they mess up your weekend. Um, it's going to be nice. It's going to be very nice. So, I mean – there's going to be some good props there. We've been playing. We played this week on the Houston. Haven't seen the props yet for the Masters, but I'm sure they're going to be good. You can We'll, we'll put up some of our favorites in uh, probably on Instagram or something like that. But if you go to thrivefantasy.com or you can download the Thrive Fantasy app, um, use promo code TOUR when you sign up and you receive an instant deposit match up to $100. Promo code TOUR, instant deposit match. There's money to be made over there on Thrive Fantasy. So uh, download the app or go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up and prop up today. Today. All right, Pat, let's do this. We're looking at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook and PointsBet Sportsbook. Let's start at the top of the board, buddy. Um, anybody from, you know, Bryson, who's obviously the favorite to like a top, you know, or to like 20 or 25 to 1, where are you going to look? Or who's kind of tickling your special spot right there? Well, if we're talking about tickling the special spot, I'll have to start <laughs> with uh, Xander Schauffele at 14 to 1. He's at that number on both DraftKings and points bets, so it doesn't matter which one you want to bet on. Uh, you're going to get him at 14 to 1. I think that's about as short as I want to go, and I, I love Xander next week. I, I think he is a fantastic play. You saw him play great last year, um, you know, it's, he's a guy that's kind of sneaky long, you know, somebody you don't really, you know, he may be, you know, you just don't really think of him as being that long off the tee, but he really is. He's got yeah. a great game for this course, as he showed last year. So I like Xander at 14 to one. The next guy I'll go to, and, and I just, 
I just love this price. And that is Patrick Cantlay. He's at 22 to one on DraftKings, 22 mm. to one on points bet. So same, just like Xander. I think that is a great price for him. I mean, and it's, it's a, you know, you look at it, it's probably about where you would expect him to be. I don't think you would expect him to be that much shorter than, than, you know, when you look at the guys ahead of him. But again, another guy who has a great game for this course, had a good, good finish last year. So I like Cantlay and Xander Schauffele. I think those are the two guys, if we're going 25, 25 and to one and better or shorter, those are going to be the guys that I'm pinpointing on. Um, may have a little bit of Finau, even though I know Finau is not a winner. He doesn't have that, you know, kind of closing. Um, I don't want to say he's not a winner because he's, he's a winner. He's, a, he's, a, he's got a personal spirit that's a winner. But he hasn't really won it on tour except for once, and uh, so he's uh, he's another guy that I just wonder um, what he can do. But you know, it's twenty twenty. This is probably going to be when he wins. He's going to win a, a real tournament, and it's going to be a, ma- a major. It's going to be the Masters. Okay. So there you go. Um, you know, probably should mention over the last five years, Tiger won last year at around eighteen to one. Um, so right in this range, we're talking about. Spieth won in 20, what was it, 15 at 16 to 1 in this range. But other than that, out of the last five years, the other three winners have come from longer. You had uh, Patrick Reed in uh, 2018 win at 50 to 1 or 60 to 1. By the way, we, we nailed that one, hit, talked that one up. Sergio won before that at 30 to 1. And then one of my most famous bets that I've ever hit. Um, Danny Willett at 150 to one in 2016 after Spieth dunked it in the water. I bet him at, in November at 150 to one. Forgot I had the ticket until like I don't know until Spieth was in like number 16 and Willett was closing it out. Um, <clears throat> lovely, lovely time there. Me and Jeff Feinberg shared some uh, some joy that day. But uh, yeah, so you know, <clears throat> two of the last five winners have come from this you know shorter range here. But for me, I mean, I definitely don't mind the Xander call. I mean, Xander's, Xander's as poised as anybody to win this thing. He's in great form. He's got a great record here. Couldn't agree more with you there. Um, I, I do want to talk about Tony Finau. You mentioned him, and, and I, he's a better value on – let's see. I think he's a better – yeah, he's a better value on points bet. So I was going to wait. But since you did it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. I love Tony Finau here. He's at 33 to one on points bet. He's at 25 to one on DraftKings. So grab the value on points bet if you can. Um, listen, I know he's not a killer. I know he hasn't won, but you said stranger things could happen in 2020. He, his form is so good. He checks so many boxes off the tee, approach, par five scoring. He's played the Masters twice and finished tenth and fifth. You know, it's a magic place, and he's got some magic around it. And he, you know, I, I just think. He's a fitting, he's a fitting Masters champion. You know, he would just, it would just be a great thing to see him break through and do it. And while he's not closed the door when he's had opportunities, he's had some rough Sundays, you know. He's had some very rough Sundays. But I think he's got enough scar tissue built that I could see it happening. So for his talent and his record here so far in just two tries, 33 to 1 is a good number. Um, I, I really, I really like that. To, to stay within the, the 25 range, um, I like Patrick Reed again. I mean, he's 20 – well, actually, he's 25 to 1 on points bet. He's a little bit better on DraftKings at 28 to 1. I still, I still like Reed here. Um, he's, he's a killer. He's opposite of Finau in that he's a killer. 
from a ball striking standpoint, he's not as good, but he's, he's, uh, you know, he, he knows his way around Augusta. The short game is impeccable. And he seems to go under the radar all the time. So I, I don't mind a little Patrick Reed either. I think Kepka's interesting at 20 to one. This is kind of the last one I'm, I'm looking at. And he's, he's more interesting to me now. He's 20 to one on DraftKings. He's more interesting to me now to see how good he's playing in Houston right now. We have not seen a lot of form out of Kepka. You know, he's been battling the injury. He's withdrawn from a couple of, of events, but to, you know, to see how good he's hitting it in Houston right now. And I like, I like to see that. Would there be anything more Kepka? than coming into this tournament where Bryson, his, his guy that he kind of has this like social media beef with seemingly, who's getting all the talk and all the conversation and the, the odds on favorite in any book, it, would there be anything more alpha for Kepka to do than to win this golf tournament, win the Masters right out from under I, Bryson? I think it could entirely happen. As a matter of fact, you just got me thinking. If I'm doing a pool, and I want to like, and I've got like the A players. Yeah. Like if, if I went with, if you got like a few A players, if I went with like a Rory, Brooks combo, in the A slots, I'd feel yeah. pretty comfortable about that and where your leverage is in a pool or something. But anyway, probably a little contrarian there is. Yeah, I think I think in the pool stuff, you're going to see a lot of Bryson and Dustin uh, Johnson stuff, a lot of Xander, I think. But yeah, in in pool play, I like it. I like to see what we're seeing out of him in Houston right now. I really do. Um, now he squeaked in and made the cut, I think just maybe one shot better than the cut line, but he's playing good on the weekend so far. So, you know, we didn't talk about Bryson. I mean, we, we talked about him ad nauseum at, uh, in the DFS show, as well as with Charles a little bit, me and Pat don't ever bet outright favorites. We just don't. So, I mean, I'm not going to have any Bryson in terms of, uh, in terms of betting, uh, and I do think in pool play could be worth a fade. Uh, in DFS, I made the case for playing him in DFS as of now. I may change my mind, but I've made the case for playing him in that. But for outrights, I'm not going to take him in eight to one. Just not going to do it. Too, too many good names here. The record at Augustus, a little lacking. Um, there's obviously a lot to be made about his iron play. Wedge play hasn't been great. But I do love the opportunities that he's going to give himself on these par fives. And we all know you got to score well in the par fives, so. Any other thoughts on Bryson? No, I just – we talked about him a lot on the DFS show, mm -hmm. and um, I'm not going to take him this short. Um, so, yeah, whatever. If you want to play him, that's fine. All right, let's look at kind of the middle of the board, maybe that 30-1 to 1 to maybe a 70-1 to 1 look. Um, what do you think there? All right, so at the top of that range um, – and – I've mentioned him before. I talked about him on the U.S. Open. Matthew Wolf at 33-1. to 1. I think those are good odds for him. Mm. I love him this week. You know, look at him versus Colin Morikawa, who's right there with him. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of Wolf as far as um, just the upside on this course, and he's been playing better than Morikawa has lately. Um, and he's a first-timer, I know. And, and, look, I think he's one of those guys that is um, – unfazed by any of that talk you know he's not gonna have fans so he's not gonna have to worry about that he's not gonna have, i think the pressure is gonna be a little bit less for these first timers especially the ones that are like a morikawa or like a wolf um so i like that number for him at 33 to 1. another guy i really like too and and right there beside him is hideki i mean 
Hideki mm. could easily be up there in that, you know, 25 to 1 and less category. Yet you're getting him at 33 to 1 on points bet. He's 35 to 1 on DraftKings. I think Hideki has a tr- tremendous mm. upside. You know, we know he's one of the, you know, best players in the world. You're getting him at a pretty good price there. So I like him. And if we go up to just to 50 to 1, I think Luis Tazen at 50 to 1 is a good number for him. I like him a lot. He's obviously won majors before. He finished well here. Um, so I think at, at 50 to 1, that's another good number. Um, and by the way, he's 50 to 1 on both sites, points bet and drafting. So there you go. So we kind of got into this argument on our radio show on Golf Nut Nation. Um, I, I don't. I don't like the wolf bet. I don't like the 33 to one wolf bet. I I don't mind wolf here, but I, you know, I I just, I I think that's too short for the first timer. Um, If I'm going to bet a first timer to win outright, I want to go deeper, like in the same range, Scotty Scheffler at 66 to one, who, you know, has this very similar skill set to Matt Wolf maybe not showing as solid a form or, or, well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're both, they've both been kind of hit or miss, like either really, really good or shockingly bad, you know, and bad being like a 50th or maybe a miscut. But, um, but I think, why would you not get Scheffler at 66 to one? It's basically the same player. I I, I don't, I don't like the value at Wolf. And then if I were going to bet a guy at 33 to one, I don't mind Tiger at 30 to one. Like, I, I know no, Tiger hasn't – I, I know he hasn't been he's playing well. He's not winning. He's not winning. And, and that's what you're doing an outright for. There is win. no way you are going to say that right now on this podcast. We just ended the Charles Howell conversation saying you can't count Tiger out any time. Are you kidding me? After he won the Masters last year, you're going to say he's not winning? Are you insane? What, do you want to – I'm going to give you a chance to retract that. No, he's not winning. I'm going to – I'm saying that right now. Okay, well, it's one thing to say, like, he's not winning because he's one player out of the field. But for, So you're saying you don't think he has a, a chance at winning this event? Based on what? He, he does have a snowball's chance in hell of actually winning. I will put it that way. Okay, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the form has not been fantastic. That, that's where you're going. I mean, that, that's, your, that's the leg you have to stand on right now. The form's not been great. Despite all that, in the last 24 rounds, he's still – Checks the box in strokes gained approach right now. He's still hitting the irons well. The the driver's been a, a little awry. The the scrambling and putting has been a little lackluster. But the scrambling and putting, you know, he's going to come to Augusta and have a major edge on people when it comes to that. Um, major. I will major say edge. this. I will say this. If you're going to ever get a really good number for Tiger, you're probably getting it right now. I feel like thirty to one is a good number for him. So I, mean, I, 20, I guess I'll, I'll he's twenty-two that. to one on points bet. He's twenty-two to one on points bet. Thirty to one on DraftKings. I don't want to just twenty-two to one. But I, 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 I'm not yeah. saying I love the bet. I'm just saying I would rather have a thirty-to-one Tiger with all that experience than a thirty-three-to-one Colin Morikawa, Matt Wolf. I would much rather have that. Um, okay. I love your Louis Ustazen call at fifty-to-one. I've already bet it. Absolutely love it for all the reasons you mentioned. Great record here. Should have been a winner here if love him. Uh, Adam Scott at 50 to 1, I think, is interesting. And I think that number is going to get shorter if you don't jump on it. It's 50 to 1 on DraftKings. It's already down to 33 to 1 on points bet. He's playing well in Houston right now, uh, which I think people are waiting to see because he, the form, we haven't 
had a chance to see a lot out of it, uh, out of him, but he's, he's playing okay. I think that's an interesting number at 50 to one. He's a little long in the tooth now. He's over 40, I think, or 40, uh, which for the trends that I mentioned earlier, I think younger players tend to tend to win this thing outside of Tiger last year, I guess. Um, so Scott at 51. The last one I'll mention is Paul Casey, which is a little off. I haven't, I haven't mentioned him at all on any show. But Paul Casey at 66 to 1 is, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a value there. He's 50 to 1 on points bet, 66 to 1 on DK. Remember when Paul Casey almost won the PJ Championship? Does anybody remember that? Like, yeah. he, was, he, he was runner up and, and had a chance, and Morikawa closed the door, which, you know, and he's got a long standing record at Augusta, knows this place well. I don't know. Maybe he gets the monkey off his back. I mean, if Sergio Garcia could finally close the door and win a major, which he did in 2017 with the Masters, why couldn't Paul Casey do it? You know what I mean? I don't mind it. You know, he's a guy that kind of I think is just sort of flying under the radar a little bit, and then you get him to get – you know, that's a pretty good price for him. So, <clears throat> Well, I mean, the form has been – form has been a little spotty as well since the restart. Um other than the PGA and the U.S. Open, where he's played, he's played pretty well. But lately, Zozo, C.J. Cup, Shriners, pretty bad. But I think he'll be geared up and tuned up for the Masters. I think that's an interesting value on uh, uh, on Paul Casey. Before we go further, I do have to mention to people that we have a contest for the Masters. We do one every year. They're always jam up. I'm excited about this year's contest because, Pat, we have access to the Masters patron shop online this year. And we've made some purchases for the listeners. So we're going to take two people, two winners. Two winners are going to get this prize pack. A 2020 Masters pin flag. A 2020 Masters shirt that says 2020 Masters Augusta National on it, t-shirt. And a brand new, in the wrapper, tailor-made black tour spider putter. Right here. If you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing it in the camera. Think, I think you can see that. It's pretty gangster. You can see it on our social That's media awesome. channels. Two people are going to win that prize pack. Here's how you win it. You simply become an annual member of our Nut Hut. The Nut Hut is our 24-7 member-only chat room on Discord. Do people say chat room anymore? Is that is that? Am I dating myself by saying chat room? That's like an <laughs> AOL instant messenger thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway... If you are already a annual subscriber, thank you. You're already entered to win. If you are a subscriber, but you're a monthly subscriber at $10 a month and you up your membership to the annual $90 a year membership, then you will get an entry. And if you're not a member at all and you sign up brand new for a $90 a year annual membership to the Nut Hut, you get an entry, uh, one entry per person. And you got a good shot at winning this thing. I mean, it's not like we have thousands of people that are members of this of the Nut Hut. We have thousands of people listening, but there's only a few hundred of you that are members of the Nut Hut. So you got a shot. We're going to do a live drawing on our social channels on maybe Thursday or Friday and draw two winners, and we'll ship all that to you. Get your master's merch, even though you can't be there, and a nice putter from TaylorMade. Now, if you don't know what the Nut Hut is, where you been, um, to sign up for the Nut Hut, you go to tourjunkies.com. Click on Golby's Nut Hut, sign up, put your email in, join, um, and then you'll be kicked over to the Discord service. We use the Discord app, which is fantastic. There's a great um, amazing. app for your phone, an app for your desktop. 
somebody is in there chatting 24 seven in our chat room. And it's fantastic that we have so many sharp players in there. Not, I mean, me and Pat are probably not the sharpest players in there. We have so many sharp fans and listeners in there all the time talking golf. Uh, every Wednesday night, we do our live chat with me or Pat and Ben Little writes a chalk bomb. The, the chat's always popping. We get a ton of great insight there. We get caddy insight basically every single week that we share strictly on the nut hut. So it's probably not going to matter as much on this course this week, but for most weeks on the PJ tour, you know, we have caddies that tell us about the conditions, about what's play, you know, how this is playing, how this is shaping up to, to, to be. And it's valuable insight to help you handicap golf. Um, so you get all that. And if you're a nut hut member, you get 20% off of any item in the tour junkie shop for as long as you're a member. So it's, it's well worth the money. It will definitely pay for itself. Sign up for the annual membership. It's only $90 for the entire year and enter to win our, one of our two prize packs. Pretty excited about it. The nut hut is going to be jamming on Sunday night or uh, Wednesday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're hoping to have some green screens. Like I said, since the restart in June, nut hut members have won over $3 million betting and playing BFS. Pretty insane. We had a, we had uh, our buddy Matthew Moore, Nut Hut member, won the Millie Maker on DraftKings, won a million dollars for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So good stuff. All right, let's get to kind of the longer range numbers, Pat. Let's look at like 80 to one and longer. Let's go there. How, let's, we'll start, let's start at the bottom. Like who's the longest shot that you're willing to throw a little, a little change on? I don't really have many that are much past a hundred to one. Um, Ooh, okay. I think if I'm going to look at a few, or maybe if you give me one guy that I'm going to go with over a hundred to one, I would probably say um, a guy that's another first timer, Eric Van Royen. Hmm. He's at 150 to one on points bet. Um, he is. Is he on DraftKings? Exactly. Yeah, you know, he's 151 on DraftKings as well. So I think he's one guy that I might, you know, take a little bit of a flyer on. But other than that, over the 100 to one range, I don't think I really have anybody. Okay. Well, you know me. I mean, I'm I love the long shots. Stevie loves the long shots. So I have a handful here. Um, this is where I kind of want to take a shot on a first timer. And the value that I'm getting on this first timer is is really to me, it's really, really good. And he's 100 to 1 on both points bet and DraftKings, and it's Jason Kokrak. Just won his first PGA Tour event on, I believe it was a CJ Cup a couple weeks ago. Checks all the boxes. I mean, hits it a long way. Gain strokes on par fives. Irons have been spectacular. Decent short game. And, but, and you know, while this is his first Masters, he's long in the tooth, right? Like, Jason Kokrak's played in some big events. He's played in a ton of majors. He's and so with a patronless event, I feel like if there's, if there's a first-timer to win this thing, I'd rather have my money on Jason Kokrak than any other first-timer. That's just what I, that's, that's how I feel. So big fan of Kokrak this week. I, I'm excited to see maybe the top 10, top 20 numbers on him. He may be, you know, that's, that's going to be a longer number um, in this limited field. But, uh, you know, there's only, there's only, what, 90-something players in this field. So, I'm interested to see that number, but I love Kokrak at 100 to 1. I think opposite of him is an old man long in the tooth, but with a ton of history here, 
who's been playing very, very well. And that's Lee Westwood at 101. I'm surprised you didn't mention old Lee Westwood. Um, I, I thought you might, so I was kind of leaving him out for you. Okay. Well, he missed Good the cut you. at the Houston Open. He came over and played the Houston Open. Missed the cut, but I, I don't really I don't really care about that. He's been playing very solid on the European Tour all year. Played solid on the PGA Tour in the limited events that he's played in. Uh, he's He's been doing good. He's a ball striker. He knows Augusta National like the back of his hand. He's got a great record here. I mean, fantastic record here. And I feel like, too, with Westwood, it's like he's got nothing to lose. Like, just Charles mentioned it. You know, we, we talked about Westwood in the show with Charles, and he's like, yeah, I mean, Westwood's going to come out here and fire at flags. I love it. Um, I'm going to get even longer on you, man. I'm going to go with my boy Siwoo Kim. 150 to 1. Ugh. This is his fourth Masters. His fourth Masters. Wait, why do you say uh? Siwoo? I just, I, I like Siwoo. I just, I never get him right. So I just, that's really what I'll, I mean, I had well, him outright last week and he, he didn't, he missed cut. So he's gotten increasingly better as he's had chances at Augusta National. Missed cut his first time out, 24th after that, and a 21st last year. You know, putts, putts decently good on bent grass for him and he's checking a lot of boxes missed the cut at the houston open about i don't care he missed it on the number other than that his form's been extremely solid uh since the restart 150 to 1 i don't mind see woo and then i'm going to give you two more bombs Corey connors 200 to 1 who's playing really well right now in houston another guy who has improved um you know this is only his third Masters, I believe. Yep, third Masters. Missed the cut in his first one and then made the cut after that at T46 last year. He's a PGA Tour winner. Great ball striker. For him, it's all about the putter. And I think the pure bent grass greens at Augusta, his third time around, I think he'll putt okay. If he could putt average, field average, with his ball striking and his ability to hit fairways and greens, Corey Connors could be in it at 200-1. to one. And then finally, at 250 to 1, Pat, why would you not throw a little little quarter unit on Charles Howell III? You know what I mean? 12th yeah. Masters, 12th Masters. You talked about, I think, on the DFS show, you said, you know, not having patrons for Charles may be nice because He's not playing in front of the hometown crowd, hometown pressures, all that, all that kind of stuff. Like maybe it's a little different for him, you know. In the last five years, in his last five attempts at the Masters, he's made three of five cuts, and the cuts he's made, he had a thirtieth, a nineteenth, and a thirty-second place finish the last time out. Um, you know, I mean, I could, I could see it happen. He's long enough. He scores on the par fives. He knows Augusta. It just got to click. He just has to click the ball. The ball striking has to click for one week, for four days. And he, and he, you know, he could be there. And 250 to one is a long number in a field like this. I don't, I don't mind it at all. I, I think for all the reasons you just said, I mentioned on the DFS show, I think no fans could be an advantage to Charles. So, um, I think you and I have to at least throw a few dollars down. Yeah, we, we got to tip Charles Yeah, in the betting Now, a, a guy that, just real quick, because he may have, and I can't believe this might be the last person we talk about, but, and the shows are running together here, so you could have already mentioned it, but Ian Poulter, did you talk about him at 100 to 1? I didn't. Mm -mm. I, I know he's been, you know, he talked about, he backed out of Houston because he's had a little bit of injury concerns, but he's really looking forward to Augusta. He always, every year, this is one of his favorite tournaments. You know, you go to his social media, he loves yeah. 
Yeah. Like he's always drinking out of his damn master's coffee cup. Like even, yeah. even if it's, you know, the middle of summer or something or yeah. in the, the cold of winter. Um, so he is, um, I think just at a hundred to one and he's finished well before he was, I think 12th last year, had a sixth place finish back in 2015 or 16. So, um, I think Poulter could be interesting, uh, at that price. Give us one more so we don't end on Ian Poulter. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about a few other things though. Um, before, before we do, um, yeah, actually let's talk about first timers. Let's talk about first okay. timers. Back, we have a we have a voicemail. We have a listener voicemail from our buddy Tony V. I don't know who Tony V is, but Tony V called in. We asked for voicemails. He has a question about uh, about first timers. So let's let's take a listen to Tony V. Hey guys, it's Tony W. So uh, typically, first time uh, players in the Masters do not finish well. However, which first time player do you think can crack the top ten? or even the top five and why. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Tony. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, man. Um, I, I said my favorite first-timer here is Jason Kokrak in the betting market. If you look at the first-timers playing, it's quite the list. Matt Wolf, Scotty Scheffler, Andrew Putnam, JT Poston, Colin Morikawa, Nate Lashley, Kokrak, Max Homa, um, Lonto Griffin, Tyler Duncan, Cam Champ, Jazz, Jenna Wanadwanawanawanton, uh, Eric Van Ruyen, Christian Bazenhut, Cbez as I like to call him, Abraham Answer, Sung Kang, Sung J M, Victor Perez, Sebastian Munoz, CT Pan, and Nick Taylor. That is a solid group of first timers. I mean, really, really, really is. Your, my favorite picks here are going to be Kokrak for the value at 100 to one, and Scotty Scheffler for the value at 66 to one. I just don't think there's two better values on first-time winners than those two names. I think um, I like the Scheffler pick. I like both of them, really. Um, it's, you know, I think I'm still going to go back to Wolf. I, I still like him, even though you don't like the value there. I'm still big on him. Um, I like Chef at 66 to 1. Um, I think that's really, you know, up – as far as like guys I'm going to bet on, I think that's probably about it that I'm like, I don't blame you if you want to throw a bet on Colin Morikawa because you like him. I mean, he's 33 to one. I'm not going to yeah. kill you for that. You know, I, Sung JM could be interesting at 66 to one. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that we've seen, you know, he's just, but the, the, the winning upside for Sung J is yeah. what I'm not sure you're going to get out of him. Like he may be one that you look at when we see top 10 and top 20 bets come out. Um, he may be one that you look at. But outside of that, I don't know if I would go with the outright on him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would agree there with Sungjae. Um, let's let's talk about let's talk about a couple other things that I think people you know need to need to know. There's some there's some amateurs in the field as there are every year at the Masters, and and this may apply for you know you may have a book that offers low amateur, you may have uh, you know a pool where you're picking out of a column, and the last column is a bunch of amateurs. I think the ones to look at are um, uh, Lin, which I can't pronounce his first name, Ying Yang, Twin, Lin, I don't know, but it's Lin, who actually returns for the second time as an amateur, very strong player, uh, but there are six of them in the field, and I think Lin, the the guy out of uh, Vanderbilt, Augenstein, and Andy Ogletree are the three that you need to pay attention to. Augenstein was the SEC Player of the Year in 2019 lost to Ogletree in the U.S. Amateur Final in 2019. 
So winner and runner-up is how they got in here. Ogletree's a Georgia Tech product. Of course, Georgia Tech known for some good golfers. Um, but I think Lynn is also is a really sneaky name there for, for low am if you're looking at that. I would go, I would lean Lynn or Augenstein. I actually like Augenstein better than Ogletree. Um, just from a from a uh, I don't know, SEC player of the year. That that says something to me. Um, so those I are think the two Augustine, I think Augustine is lit he is a stud. I mean he is an absolute yeah. stud. He may have yeah. lost that US amateur final, but I think, mm. you know. Did he, did he lose it to Ogletree? Is that who he lost it to? Yeah, he lost it to Ogletree. Yeah, I think he um, – oh, yeah, of course, because they're winner and runner-up. But um, I think he – I think Ogletree kind of caught fire in that one. And um, I just I just feel like Augustine, Augustine is just the, the better play if you're going with U.S. Amateur – or with an amateur in this event. Well, again – your boy, your boy Lynn is the only the first player since Hideki to win the um, I guess the Asian Amateur uh, for the second time in a row and return to Augusta. So, I mean, I think you got to give an edge to the kid who's played it before. You know, that's true. So I, yeah, I think I mean, Lynn I'm... is the one. Um, all right, let's talk before we wrap it up. Let's talk about some of these uh, these nationality things because you're going to have some of these offered on on sports books. Low Canadian. You got Corey Connors, Adam Hadlin, Nick Taylor, Mike Weir. To me, this is pretty easy, and I, Connors is going to be your favorite here. I don't know what the number is going to be, but I think that would be a um, – I think that's a pretty safe bet to me. Uh, this is going to be a long course for Hadwin and Nick Taylor, and obviously Mike F. and Weir. This is going to be a really long course for those three. None of those guys really hit it that far. Connors is a little bit better ball striker, hits it a little longer. Now his third time around Augusta. I like him as low Canadian. Any thoughts there that are different? No, I'm totally with you. I mean, it, when you just brought up, you said like he barely got can out of your mouth, and I was going to say it's going to be Corey Connors. I don't mind Hadwin, though. He's a great putter, but I just think as far as overall play and course setup for him, I think it's this is definitely a Connors week. What about low South African? That's going to be another one. You got uh, six of those in the field. Who do you like out of Eric Van Ruyen, Charles Schwartzel, Louis Oosthuizen, Dylan Fratelli, Justin Harding, and Cebes Christian Bezendu? This is a tougher, tougher one to to pick for me. I think Oosthuizen for sure is the, obviously the favorite here, um, and we'll get you the shortest odds number. But I would not sleep on Justin Harding. He finished T twelve last year here. He's had some good finishes in the fall on the European tour. I think Harding could be one of your longer odds guys in this range um, for South Africans that could give you some significant value. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know about Harding. I, I don't – I tell you, um, this is going to be very this, – this one's going to be dependent on the odds for sure, uh, unlike the Canadian um, bet there with Connor. So, I love Louie the most out of all these, but I do think he'll be the favorite. And I think in this group, you, what you should, I wouldn't bet the favorite here. I, I think, um, I think EVR is is maybe one that that I'm I'm looking at. Eric Van Ruyen, long guy, ball striker, um, can score on par fives. He is a first timer, but he's just got he's got a lot of he's got a high high ceiling. I think. All right, let's wrap it up with low Aussie. This is another. To me, pretty competitive category. You got Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Jason Day, and Mark Leachman. Now, Mark Leachman's been playing like absolute hot garbage. Terrible. But typically plays Augusta pretty well. Um, 
Jason Day playing well right now in Houston as we speak. He's leading the golf tournament in Houston. Obviously, also plays really well at Augusta. Adam Scott, Masters champion, also playing well in Houston. And Cam Smith, the younger guy out of this group, uh, who has I think he's got a top five at Augusta at some point, and he's been playing okay um, since the restart. Who do you like here? Well, I'll go with the last guy you mentioned, Cam Smith. I think, you know, I talked about him on the DFS show. I think that um, his odds are going to be, you know, pretty – I just – I think they're going to be kind of tasty there for the the Aussies. So, I like Cam Smith. He's got a good game for this course. He's, he's shown some history here. Obviously, has experience. He's a great scrambler. Um, so, I think uh, – I think Cam Smith will be who, if you if you want to pinpoint me to one that I can gain some value on, and it's a good number. I think it's going to be Cam Smith. See, I think I take I think I take the longer odd odds out of uh, Adam Scott or Jason Day here. I, I don't think Cam Smith beats both Scott and Jason Day. So I think I take. Do you whichever... think they're going to be longer odds than Cam Smith? Or are you saying shorter no. odds? No, I think they'll both be short. I think Cam will be the third the, the yeah, third guy. Yeah. Leach will be the fourth. I'm just saying I'll take whoever's number two out of Scott and Day because I don't think Smith is going to beat both of those guys here. Um, they're both playing well right now in Houston, and they both have a tremendous record here at Augusta. So there you go. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Um, all right, last thing before we end the show. It's been a good show. Be sure and um, you know check out the, the DFS show if you're into that kind of thing. We have one more voicemail from our buddy Marcus Griffin, who is extremely disappointed in, uh, in the lottery system at Augusta. So let's listen to this last voicemail. We'll button it up. What up, tour junkies? Uh, it's Marcus Griffin here, local Georgia boy. Uh, some of this may be common master's knowledge, but uh, I got to know I've never been. Um, is the lottery just a, a, cruel, a cruel joke, you know? I've been you know, trying to get in this lottery every year. I know tons of people that enter the lottery. I know nobody that's ever won. You know, it seems like you know, the only way you get tickets to the Masters is either you pay thousands of bucks through the secondary market, you got some business connection, or uh, you're from Augusta. I mean, it seems like everybody I know that's from Augusta always has connections to tickets. They just, like, send that shit in, like, a envelope with your property taxes or something. Something. All right, Marcus Griffin, fellow Georgia boy. Also, he's a Nut Hut member. Smart guy, that Marcus. Uh, he sounds like he's very frustrated that he can never get pulled out of the uh, out of the old lottery system, and wants to know why Augusta people just always seem to have access. And Marcus, I would say to you, that is not true. Actually, uh, it's now, not. now Pat, very privileged. Definitely, his family has access um, as badge holders, but. <laughs> Man, it is, it is, you know, over the last 30 years I or got, so. I got through the lottery in 2009 or 10. That was the last mm -hmm. time I got through, and I got, like, Wednesday practice round tickets, which was, which was good. But I, other than that, it's been – and I haven't even gotten women's amateur. I haven't gotten drive, chip, and putt ever. Like, even those that are just, you know – not as well. I mean, there, there's, yeah, you know, but you at least gain access to the ground. That's like all you get really with that is you get to watch some, you know, the women's amateurs. Okay. And you get to watch the kids and all that kind of stuff, but you really just want access to the ground. I haven't yeah. gotten any of that in like the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, Augustine's just 
the reason is because you still have a lot of local, you still have a lot of old locals that have badges that are badge holders. Because listen, my dad tells this story and it drives me nuts to the day um, that he lived, my dad lived in National Hills in an apartment complex, literally right across the street from the National, you know, a driver away from Augusta National. And remembers in like the 60s or like the 70s, people knocking on his door, asking him if he would like to go on the list as, and buy master's badges every year and be a badge holder because they were they they literally needed people to be badge holders that's how like nobody was going nobody cared and my dad who in his 20s was like i don't give a crap about that like no i don't i don't need they were like 30 dollars or something for for two or four badges or something like that and he turned them down so we've come a long way from but but there were a lot of locals at the time because that's where they went there were a lot of locals at the time that did it and so they're still alive and kicking, and so they still have badges. So that's why it feels like a lot of people from Augusta get them. But I think the last time the badge holder lottery wait list was open was sometime in the 90s, early 90s, I think, if I remember correctly. It was early to mid-90s, maybe. Yeah, was well, the they last do time it that way. They really, they kind of, I mean, they're sort of dwindling down through the waiting list. So now, the uh, uh, the way I understand it, the way they do it is, if you're a badge holder, um, you may get a letter a letter randomly that says you can appoint, you know, a member of your family. Probably, hopefully, you're going to appoint somebody younger that is going to get two badges. Who is that going to be? And then they you put in who the, the person is, and then they get badges for life. That's one way they're doing it. Is outside of the lottery system for or not lottery, but the waiting list. The waiting list ended and then they're they're kind of added that in for sort of your Augusta people, I guess you might say, or others that already have badges across the, the world. Um, they've kind of done away with any sort of waiting list. Um, well I remember like the the paper in Augusta back in the nineties like saying that it was open at some point. And my dad still didn't get on it. Like, it's just ridiculous. But in terms of the lottery, the, the the annual lottery, there's not a lot of people in Augusta that win the thing either. Like it's just as no. a big a crapshoot as it is. It's the badge holder folks, and 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 also just being here. I mean, if you're here, you can buy them. I mean, you can walk up and get them, um, or you can take advantage of some sucker in Augusta that doesn't know what they have and pay them a few hundred bucks and let them go buy some, you know, some meth or something, and you can get you can get some tickets that they hit in the lottery. Because you're here. Let me tell you a story, a quick story, though, about like why you shouldn't lose hope when you get that first email that you've been rejected. Because the last time I did get tickets through the lottery system, um, I didn't get – I got a rejection email the first time back when they give them out when it was like late June or July, whenever they send out the rejection emails. But then in October, I got an email randomly from the National that said, you have been selected to get practice rounds. This is when I got Wednesday practice round tickets. And hmm. so I think what happens is now I can't imagine anybody doing this. If they have people that actually win in the lottery, but then they don't pay for their tickets or they don't do something, um, you know, they don't whatever acknowledge that they want to buy them or whatever, then they redo another lottery again. Now, maybe I'm like one of the few that that's ever happened to Man, somebody. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. that that's what happened. I got the, I got the initial rejection email in the summer. And then back in the fall, immediately I got another one that said I was, you know, I had one practice round tickets. It was crazy. So wow. don't lose all hope when you get that first rejection email. Yeah. Wow. Let's end on that. That's positive. End on that. There's hope. Positive. There is hope. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Check out all the content on tourjunkies.com. 
let's get that bag, y'all. It's just like my girl Nita likes to say, let's get that bag, you know, mm-hmm. get that bag, hit some outrights, let's do this. The Masters is coming in this weird, weird year, at least something not involving this election. So there you go. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. See you. Out.